Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, welcome to Commons People, the Huffington Post politics podcast. I'm Ned Simons, and I'm joined by Paul Moore and Martha Gill. So let's kick off with Brexit, obviously. Um, this morning, Lord Hill, who's a former EU commissioner and a close ally of David Cameron, said that Conservatives who wanted a hard Brexit were stupid. Here's a clip of that. And I think we have this kind of false uh, choice in the UK, often between hard Brexit, soft Brexit. I think the choice is between stupid Brexit and more intelligent Brexit, and that is what we need to go for. So, uh, guys, who are, the, who are the stupid Brexiteers? Well, uh, the instant thought was that, you know, if you're a Eurosceptic MP, you're going to devise a T-shirt that says, I'm with stupid, and stupid <laughs> is the majority. Um, and you kind of brag about this ridiculous phrase that Lord Hill's come out with. I, I had at least one Tory MP immediately on the phone to give me a nice soundbite saying, actually, you know, this just underlines um, that the Remainers are the Ramoners and that, you know, they don't get it. They don't get the vote. They don't get the Brexit vote. Mm. And they just think everyone's stupid. And that didn't work out very well for them in the referendum either so <laughs> you know i mean they've got a point if you patronize the people and you think that actually you know exactly what they were voting for um then you're bound to get it wrong and there was a lot of that during the referendum campaign from from the in camp that you know just you, just you little people you just you know just stay in your place and you know the, we know we all the experts do know what's better for you now of course there are some experts on the economy who have made some mm. very very um, you know blood-curdling warnings but at the same time Lord Hill who's let's not forget has never been directly elected as an MP he's parachuted in, into yeah, it's the not Lords. a great look if you're a Lord hasn't you're... really had to cope with you know the the, the voters up up close and so here's this guy he sounds like the archetypal patrician mm. Tory Cameroon and a pit to boot so it's not a good look I have to say but it's, isn't it fair, though, in the kind of wider point to say, we still don't quite know what, what's going to happen. So you might have phrased it in a way that's going to really rile up if, if you voted for Brexit or you're a Brexit Tory. But you know, it's got a point, hasn't he, Martha, in a sense? You know, we still don't quite know what, what we're getting. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he's just kind of, he's condensed <laughs> what everyone else has been saying uh, who's on that side of the argument. He's saying what they really want to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and and it... And it, it as, as you were saying, Paul, there have been blood-curdling warnings from people who seem to know what they're talking about. Um, it's very unlikely that we'll be able to uh, sort of strike some sort of deal which is as good as staying in the single market. If we have to fall back on WTO rules, um, things will get very difficult. Although David Davis did seem to th- be quite confident that he would, he would, we'd be able to avoid that in two years of negotiations, even mm. if we went for a hard Brexit. Um, but, but that is certainly the worst case scenario. But there are splits, aren't there? I mean, in the cabinet, I mean, between these, I suppose, who Lord Hill would call the, the stupid Brexiteers, your, your David Davis, Liam Fox types, and, and Philip Hammond, the Chancellor, who who sort of was, keeps, not what, openly 
saying there's disagreements. So I think you're watching, it was a committee, wasn't it? And you're watching him basically saying, yes, we, did, we don't agree. Uh, yes, um, Hammond acknowledged the splits. Uh, th- this has kind of been rumbling along um, in the media um, the last week. Um, the splits between, really between Hammond and, and sort of everybody <laughs> else, all the, all, all, the, all the three Brexiteers in May. Mm. Um and and he acknowledged that, that there were splits and kind of accused them of doing what they'd accused him of undermining the process of the negotiations. Mm. Um, yeah, I thought that was really significant, actually. It, it was a very barbed remark. He said that the people who are undermining the process aren't necessarily the press, which is what a lot of the Brexiteers have been saying. Mm. You, you're asking all these really detailed questions. <laughs> that, you know, we, well, why are you asking these questions? You're undermining the negotiation effort. We can't do it in public. But Hammond, in that uh, Treasury Select Committee meeting, was quite barbed because he said the people who are undermining it are those who want to put a too hard a suggestion at this stage. That was obviously a signal he was talking about. Liam Fox mm. on Customs Union and on Trade and WTO, as Martha says. But also, Theresa May herself, he had a nice line about, you know, maybe the public uh, or didn't really interpret a net migration target as including students. And yeah. that, again, is, you know, a whole conflagration p- potentially for the government. And he's been told off, hasn't he? For yeah, number 10. Is it, I mean, is, it just, is it just Hammond versus the Brexiteers? Are there other people? He's got lots just, of support, no question. In the, I mean, the cabinet is, uh, splits the right word. You know, there's a fair balance, a rough balance between pro um, sort of soft, Brexit and and pro hard Brexit people in the cabinet, people like you know Greg Clark in business, um, and even Justine Greening, you know, are siding with Philip Hammond, saying, "Hold on, a bit of caution might be needed here. We don't have to rush this. Let's just take it easy." Um, so, you know, it's it's interesting actually how Theresa May is going to manage that in the next few months. I mean, let's be honest, it's going to be her decision ultimately, but she's got to manage those tensions. I thought it was interesting before we move on that uh, Peter Bone, the you know. Brexiteer cheated. I think yesterday in the Commons said that it was time we stopped banging on about Europe, which was <laughs> <laughs> rich deeply, irony. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to do a quiz now. Um, oh, good. There's a quiz. Um, it's called Swing State or Swing and a Miss. Ooh. It's about the American election. It's not the usual format of two types that okay. couldn't quite make it work. But basically, so Donald Trump looks like he's going to get kind of done by Clinton don't want you cross your fingers I suppose (laughs) and it means there's quite there's a few states it's been suggested that Clinton could win kind of traditional Republican states so I'm going to give you some and I want you to tell me the last time they voted for a Democrat nominee oh that's good so the the title of the quiz means nothing just tell me that tell me a year (laughs) so Utah what was the last time that Utah voted for Democratic presidential nominee crikey it must be a very long time I would say FDR, so maybe 1933. Paul says 33, Martha? By, uh, hang, on, hang on, what are the, what are the gaps between <laughs> the different, I'm just going to go with that. It's every, yep. five, it's every four years. Four years, yeah. every four yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 64. Really? 1964. Ah. Okay, Arizona. I'm going to go back to 33 on that one. Yeah? Yeah. Martha? It's got to be some sort of mm. pre-war period in here. Mm, I'm, I'm going to go a bit... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift forward <laughs> a bit from that. I'm going to go one, one election forward. That was 1996. What? Bill Clinton got it by whisker. Oh, wow. Just, I'm just impressed, managed to, Just managed to get it. Okay, Georgia. Mm, that would have been 60s, surely. Or maybe Truman. How about 45? 
Truman. Democrat. Pro. Truman, Martha. Democrat. Southern Democrat. Give, give, me, give, me, a, give me a date, Martha. Come Last on. time guess, the guess Democrats were winning in, in the South. Pick a year. All right. An uh, even-numbered year. I'm going to say uh, 1952. No. 1992. Wow. Okay, last one. Again, Clinton, of course. Yeah. Alaska. I don't think it's ever voted Democrat, is it? Oh, maybe. God, am, I, am I pulling a trick? Yeah, Interesting. Maybe. I don't know. Very, very long uh, time 1970s. ago. 1970s. It's also 64. Oh. There we go. Those are four states that Clinton could win. Probably won't. Trump will end up being president anyway. Um, so it was the amazing debate. if she won Texas, by the way. Well, yeah. Which is apparently in play. In fact, it's in play is amazing. Which is but there you go. crazy. And they're, they're pumping money in there also for the down ticket races. So they can try and get some other seats. We're going to talk about actually about that debate that happened. Um, I was up late watching it, which is yeah. always, always good fun. Um, it was actually interesting, I thought. It started off being one of the most substantive debates they've had. You know, they talked about gun rights. They talked about abortion. You saw an actual difference of opinion. It, it was interesting that Trump seemed to be quite calm. And if you came to that debate not seeing anything else he'd said, whether you agreed or disagreed with him, you'd think, oh, you know, here's a politician who has some opinions on policy. But the problem is, everyone says he's unpredictable. He's not unpredictable. All you have to do is jab him a bit and he can't, can't stop himself. Mm, yeah. That's what Clinton did. About half an hour in, she had a little bit of a swipe, and he's just off the wall and yeah. starts you know, shouting and screaming Headline and news. making stuff up, lying a lot, which is just amazing to watch. But it's sort of captivating in a way. You can't stop yeah. watching, can you? Because he's just sort of... My favourite thing was he kept leaning into the microphone to say wrong. Yeah. Every, every time that, that Clinton fun. just read <laughs> out things he'd said. Yeah. And he, was, he didn't see that he'd so made he... the story, which was, you know, refusing to say whether or not he'd, mm. um, he'd agree the election result. Suddenly he, he yeah. didn't quite realise that would be headline news. And he, and he walked it back. I think yesterday was giving a speech. But, well, I say walked it back. Not really. He kind of just said, I'll accept it if I win. Yeah, um, on Twitter. But actually, it seems like he doesn't really want to win. I mean, there's a lot. I'm sure he does. But there's a lot of speculation about how really what he wants is a TV show. Yeah. And we saw that on the night of the debate, the kind of soft launch of Trump TV which is this Facebook Live, a kind of very American cable news style panel talking about the debate and then afterwards chatting about it. It's very clear that's sort of what... There's long been a theory, was. hasn't there, that this mm. has all been a ruse to a, sort of, as a commercial end for him to have the sort of, you know, the 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 less messy job of being a commentator rather than being an actual president. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't know whether I really buy that. I mean, his son this week, the FT had a nice story about mm. his um, son approaching uh, a company to, to get a startup going for a Trump TV. Yeah. And that was all sort of killed uh, as a story. But, mm, maybe. but I mean, if you I look mean did the... he not have I mean, the reason he's he's got he's managed to stand um, and, and last for so long is just because he's already got that celebrity and recognition. Mm. And what has happened during this campaign, particularly as we've seen over the last few weeks and will continue, is uh, he's been sort of personally discredited. His uh, sort of awful things that he said in the past have come out and everyone's aware of the worst of his character, which is really quite bad. So I don't know if it's if it's working very well. If but if you think about if, if there is an idea for him to have kind of you know, set up some kind of media operation afterwards, I mean, the people who love him love him. The kind of the alt-right, the right wing of mm. you know, who really, really like him. He's got fans. He's now can position himself almost to the right of Fox News. Mm. And actually, Huffington Post uh, colleague Ryan Grimm had a good story, an interview with one of their big hosts, Shep, uh, Shep Smith, talking about the future of Fox and how it's going to be less, perhaps, kind of opinion-y, less Roger Ailesy. Who, Roger Ailes used to run Fox News, who now works with Donald Trump. So you, if you see Fox News moving a bit to the centre, Trump sets up this sort of more mm. alt-right, Breitbart, Roger Ailes type, type 
operation. I can completely see that that fitting in. Definitely. And the real problem there is for the Republican Party, who, if he does lose, are desperately trying to rebuild in, yeah. in the centre. If you've got Trump at the edge still becoming even more prominent, then that's difficult. Okay, back to uh, back to Britain, Heathrow. Um, so this week, well, not this week, we found out when there's going to be an announcement on whether there's a third runway or not. Paul, what does this mean? It means that Boris and Co can stay in the government. Yeah, well, we had this extraordinary letter from Number Ten after the cabinet meeting. There was an, an hour-long meeting, a discussion within the cabinet about Heathrow. Oh, sorry, not Heathrow. <laughs> number Ten keep telling us it's not about Heathrow. It's about aviation capacity. We're not saying the word Heathrow. Definitely not about Heathrow, but. However, we want to expand aviation capacity, and there was a long debate about it. Everyone around the table gave their views. It sounds like they were quite forthright. No one changed their views. So Boris and Justine Greening set out why they thought it was a bad idea. Mm. But what was unusual was that the Prime Minister felt the need to say she was going to amend collective responsibility once this decision has been announced next Tuesday. And that basically means that Boris and Justine and perhaps others will be free to object to this decision, right. which say it's Heathrow, um, but they won't be forced to leave the cabinet, which is the normal rule. What's the difference between amending collective well, responsibility and suspending? That's why it's been. She's trying to have a cake and eat it, and that's the theme of the the government over Brexit. Yeah. But she's trying to do it on Heathrow as well. She's trying to say, look, I am the boss. This is will be the policy. Um, so we don't need to suspend collective responsibility because ultimately these people will have to back this policy, and I suspect they'll have to. Um, but uh, amending it means that in the meantime, before we get to the stage of a vote, which will be you know, 2017, 2018, they will have to have real limits on what they can and can't say. So they can't speak against it in the House of Commons. Right. They can speak about it on the TV. They can't undermine in any way the process or, or uh, question the validity of the process at which this decision was arrived. And they have to seek permission personally from the Prime Minister before they say what they want to say. Well, every single time? Yeah. So how I mean, is that, how's that going to work practically, though? Goodness when, you're door, when you're door-stepping Boris outside his house, which happens all the time, I'm sure he would invite them to it's do. It's difficult. Is he going to phone her up say? on the way and say, by the way, Prime Minister, I'm about to just slag off your policy? I know, but this, that's again why it's important to say she's not suspending collective, collective responsibility because he also said in this letter you cannot actively campaign against this decision so there will be no Boris going lying down in front of bulldozers <laughs> in Heathrow um, as he vowed to famously in the past so there won't be any of that and that's I think her attempt to keep some control over this however Grant Shapps had a point when he said this week you know this shows a real weakness on behalf of the Prime Minister you either make a decision and you get people to fall in line or yeah. you don't and what's going on with Zach Goldsmith, Martha? He's, so he's the MP for constituencies nearby. He said mm. he's going to resign because he's always been opposed to it. So what's he up to? What's he going to do? Yeah, so so he he announced this week that he would um, not only resign, but then run again as an independent, quit the Tory party, run again as an independent on, mm. um, on an anti-Heathrow ticket. Uh, and we found out that there's, there's there was a sort of a meeting of, of Tories uh in that constituency and around that constituency who kind of said that they would back him. And uh, it seems the Tories are, are are not going to, probably not going to put up a candidate against him. Oh, really? Uh, what, is that the because they, amazing, isn't it? they think they won't win? Or? Yes, because they're worried about, about splitting the vote and, and losing the seat, which would uh. be very embarrassing. And also it might uh, spark off other rebellions nearby. Um, Tanya Matias, who uh, is also very anti-Heathrow and, and apparently attended that meeting, um, 
they're, they're worried that she might do the same thing and various other t- um, MPs in that area who feel... Who and it's extraordinary, isn't it, that you've got yeah. people like a, a sitting Tory MP threatening to run as independent, lots of his constituency association agreeing with him, a fellow neighbouring MP agreeing with him, and yet there's no comeback from the party. Again, it's this question of how weak or strong is Theresa May at the moment right now. Think, I mean, And, you know, normally you would suspend people. The Labour Party does it all yeah. the time. It's automatic grounds for expulsion or suspension if you even hint at support rival candidate but Martha's absolutely right there's a real risk that if they have an official Tory candidate running against an independent Zach and the Lib Dems you split the Tory vote and the Lib Dems as we saw last night Mm. hey this is topical this podcast is up to date as we saw in Whitney the Lib Dems are coming back in a strong way I was going to say what do you think the Lib Dems chances are do you think Vince Cable might fancy a pop at it I mean if if I were the Lib Dems I'd select Cable as the candidate I really would because it's so close I mean the seats are you know right bang next to each other you know there's the River Thames is the only barrier between those two seats. Mm. So he could easily say, look, they let me. And there'd be a hell of a lot of people who voted Remain because it's a majority Remain in that constituency. Why do I know? I live there. Um, <laughs> and, and 54% of that constituency, like Whitney, actually voted Remain mm. in, the, in the referendum. And there's a potentially strong anti-Zach vote as well in terms of an anti-Theresa May vote. And it, who knows what's well, going to happen? Well, that's right. I mean, given the, the kind of campaign that Zach ran for for mayor, which was accused of being mm. kind of you know, picking on Sadiq Khan's race, if you're kind of a, a lefty Lib Dem voter or uh, even a liberal yeah. centrist Tory, he doesn't like that. And, yeah. and on top of that, in fact, he's a Brexiter. I mean, yes. Zach's yes. a Brexiter. So, you know, it's a kind of perfect storm if you're a, you know, vaguely soft liberal um, who's not liberal with a capital L or D, but if you're sort of a vaguely liberal voter, middle class, worried about the city and where mm. you work, then, you know. So Lib Dem fight back, in theory, should uh, kick, Could happen. kick into gear again in, in Richmond. Okay, thank, thanks guys for listening. Uh, we're going to leave you now with a clip of Trump and Clinton last night trading jokes about each other at the Al Smith dinner. With all of the heated back and forth between my opponent and me at the debate last night, We have proven that we can actually be civil to each other. In fact, just before taking the dais, Hillary accidentally bumped into me, and she very civilly said, pardon me. Now, you notice there is no teleprompter here tonight, which is probably smart because maybe you saw Donald dismantle his prompter the other day. And I get that. They're hard to keep up with. And I'm sure it's even harder when you're translating from the original Russian. (laughs) 